A thank you to our sponsors, the For Us, By Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers, who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at in the pocket.captivate.fm or search in the pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at in the pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. Thank you for tuning in to In the Pocket with your host, Flo Edwards, and our special guest today is Samara Cole Doyan, and she's an amazing author. She has written on Black Girl in Maine and also has two children books out. Um, Please, Samara, introduce yourself. Thank you so much, Flo. I am so honored to be here, really, and to get to share a little bit about myself and what I do and why I'm doing it. Um, I did start writing for Black Girl in Maine um, a few years back. It seems like it seems like um, a lifetime ago now, and it was just through, you know, um, mutual friends of, of Shay and myself were seeing some things that I was just kind of processing about um, about the world and about growing up black in Maine. And um, through that, I was I was able to be introduced to Shay on, in a writing um, in a writing capacity. And so that was that was it. That was that was the first time that I was getting paid to write, <laughs> even though I had gone to school. Uh, my undergrad degree was in English, and I minored in poetry writing. I, I hadn't really done anything professionally with it, and I wasn't expecting to make money as a writer, um, but it was just a passion of mine and something I was doing. And I actually had a conversation with, um, you know, with Renee that a lot of people are, are um, very, very uh, familiar with. Um, Renee Johnson she was saying how she just wanted to do the best that she could do she just wanted to put her best art out there she wanted to put her best work out there just for the sake of it just for the sake of putting her best stuff out there and it really hit me that I wanted to start putting work out there and I, when I was pregnant for my first child and going to grad school to be a teacher, it also hit me that I wanted to put my best work out there for children, for my children, for children that I would be teaching. I wanted, you know, children who looked like myself growing up in Maine or growing up wherever to feel empowered about themselves. And so 
you know, that was the beginning of the work of becoming a children's book author. And sometimes I don't even know how I got here. It just seems like such a blur, but also such a process of just, of just trying to do the best, of trying to put my best work out there and find, find a way to do that. Um, so that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm still doing now. I'm a children's book author. That's probably what I'm best known for, but I'm also a poet. I'm an educator. And yeah, I live in Lewiston, Maine with my um, two children, three guinea pigs and one husband. And that's, <laughs> that's my life. Yeah. Did you uh, grow up in Lewiston or Auburn area? I did not. Um, I spent time in different parts of Maine. My mother, um, you know, I, I had a single mother and she was working in the Bangor area for a while and then eventually moved down to the greater Portland area, but on the outs- on the outskirts. And um, we were living in Portland for several years as an adult as I was raising my own family. And it was really just this pandemic. And, um, you know, my son is on the spectrum. He has a lot of sensory needs. He needs a lot of space. And being cooped up in an apartment was just getting to be too much. So we could we could not afford the space that we needed in Portland. And so we moved to Lewis. And I don't think we would have done that without the pandemic happening. Um, but the space that we have now is just, it's been such a tremendous blessing. It's been just amazing to have green space and to let, to let the kids run. So, yeah. Great. Had you um, visited that area before you moved there? So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess what I... What I liked about Lewiston um, was the movement that I saw here. I knew that there was diversity, there was growing diversity, and there were people, um, there were people who cared about issues of, you know, of marginalized communities and were and were pressing for change here. And so that was one thing that um, attracted me to the area. I think in Maine. Um, there's a lot of just sort of blindness to um, to social justice issues. And so this kind of like idea that everything's fine and that we don't really, like everything's fine and everyone's happy, but um, it's important to me to be around people who, who see the need for change. So that was one thing I think that that drew me to this area. It was like, if I'm not going to be in Portland, then I'm going to need to be somewhere where there's black and brown people. I'm going to need to be somewhere where there's um, people who who care about making change. I, I think that's great. And I feel that you being a children's book author um, is a way to make great change um, for the future generations. How do you select um, the artist to illustrate your work? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, the answer is like, I don't. Um, that's, uh, 
that's the publisher's job but when i so with my first book magnificent homespun brown um when the publisher said you know we're thinking of kehlani juanita for this book i i could not believe it i just couldn't believe it just because um i knew her from the book she illustrated um when aiden became a brother and it was just this beautiful affirming book um, about a child's um, transition and family supporting this child and I just thought my god like how how did I get this lucky how did I get this blessed to be matched up with Kehlani Juanita (laughs) she's just um she's just really rad and does really amazing work um and so I just, I couldn't believe that I was being matched with her. I would have never in a million years dreamt to ask someone like that to illustrate my book just because she's so, she's so talented. And who was I coming on the scene? I was, nobody knew my name. And so it was, um, it sort of blew me away that I, that I was paired up with her. Um, and yeah, and then the, my second book that's coming out, um, I did not know the illustrator's name is Geneva Bowers and the book is magic like that and it's a book about hair getting a little girl getting her hair done and how every different um, hairstyle feels like it's transforming her into a different version of herself but some different like powerful version of herself and I had not I had not known of Geneva Bowers before before this book but as soon as I knew this person was illustrating the book I started looking her up and she does this really amazing dreamy powerful um you know afrofuturism type stuff that just kind of blew me out of the water so um yeah so in both cases it's I've just I feel like we're just really lucky to <laughs> have these people um paired with me so yeah nice I always envisioned that the author was like, oh yeah, I, I'm collaborating with this artist. And so it's good to know that the publisher can often be the uniter. Yes, yeah, they like to do that because it's, um, especially if you're a, a new writer coming on the scene, like like I have been, um, if people don't know your name, that doesn't really, you know, drop people into the book per se, but if they have an illustrator who people know, then that can immediately people, you know, say, oh yeah, Kehlani Juanita, I want to see what book she's, she's doing. And so it kind of, um, you know, it's, it's really helpful that they have those connections because it's, it um, helps everyone out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so doing the best work that you can do and finding that children's book or being a children's book author was the best work you can do have you done less writing since then that wasn't children's related yeah that's another great question and um no I actually I think I do more writing now and that might have to do with the fact that I have people in my life um I have like a community of poets that I'm connected with and it helps sort of hold my 
feet to the fire not in a, it's actually not I shouldn't say feet to the fire because it's not a high pressure situation but just having people share their poetry with me on a regular basis and be open to me sharing my my poetry with them um, just helps me to stay in the mindset of um, of writing so that as I'm loading the dishwasher or pushing my child on the swing or doing whatever um, I have phrases going on in my head and I'm wondering about different um, different stanzas and how I want my next poem to come out so I feel like that's really helped me a lot and you know even between the time that I knew that I wanted to write children's books and the time that I had my first manuscript I was doing a lot of writing that really wasn't for children Um, that was just for me just a lot of poetry and a lot of journaling type stuff and um i really did not want to submit something that didn't move me that didn't feel like something i i needed to share with with my children and with other children and so i started children's books that i just put aside because it wasn't it and um and that whole time i was writing lots of of poetry and processing a lot of you know different things going on do you plan to be releasing a a collection of your poems soon yeah well i'm hoping actually to start gathering to start collecting some poems and and sort of curating that into a story um making it make sense in some kind of way and i am actually i'll be going to I, th- I think this is the third annual for us bias um, writing retreat for women and femmes of color. And I'm going to be going to that this summer. And that's where I plan to sit down for a couple of days and try to really put some poetry together. I'm hoping that I will be able to share some of that. Yeah. Yeah. So as a, a te- you've attended um, the, the writing of, uh, I forgot what it was called, even though you just said it. Yes, the, yeah, the writing retreat. Yes. Retreat. Yeah. Um, you've attended before, so what really happens at a, a writing retreat for people who've never been to one but are interested in going? Yeah, um, there can be. There's time set aside for for writing, for editing, and working on manuscripts, and then um, you know, oftentimes there's workshopping where you sit around with other writers and share your work and you get a chance to get some feedback and sometimes it's one-on-one or in a small group and sometimes it's in a larger group um and those moments can actually be very inspiring hearing from other writers who have been published and who have who have um, done a lot of work it's great to get tips from them and hear how they keep themselves sharp or keep the inspiration flowing and then just you know having a chance to share with other writers and read what other writers are reading and can be really really helpful nice how long is the retreat days wise it is well i think it's two nights it's essentially one full day and then in the past it's been like you know maybe um a little bit the next day so I think, yeah, we usually get there, have some time to connect with each other, um, and then wake up the next morning, and 
it's it's on Perry Beach, so it's absolutely beautiful and it's very inspiring. And yeah, and then we just work together and collaborate to kind of refine our writing. Nice. So, um, just wanted to talk about your Black Girl in Maine writings. Um, have you had any controversial, uh, uh, I guess, readers respond to anything you've written? I mean, not really. To be honest with you, not really. Um, I mean, maybe there were on, on a site that I didn't really, like, engage with. I don't know. Um, but in my personal life, I was expecting, to be honest, I was expecting a lot of people to get really upset about certain things that I said, or to like, to jump in my DMs or to send me angry emails. I really was anticipating that and it didn't really happen. Um, but I also, I, I, I've created the habit of keeping a pretty tight ship like on my social media. So if there are people who are, trolling or who are even just exacting a lot of um labor by being like well can you explain this more and then just intentionally not wanting to get certain things i I just i just get rid of them because it's it's too exhausting for me and i don't have the energy for it right you're creating art you don't have time for that right right exactly yeah yeah um so I'm glad that you haven't really had any controversial uh, responses. That's really cool to hear. And it's great that you are keeping a tight social media um, ship. So that's really good yeah. to hear as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any inspirations when you are writing your um, children's stories or the two um where you're actually pulling from your own childhood experiences yeah i think a lot of it comes from um from my from my own experiences and wanting to heal parts of myself that didn't feel seen and celebrated you know as a child growing up in maine um i had you know family who loved me um but you also know as as a as a child with brown skin you really stick out um in Maine and I think that's you know I've seen a lot of changes over the past 10 years even but I also at raising children here also wanted them to feel um loved and celebrated and wanted to sort of broadcast that message (laughs) wanted wanted them to hear it really loudly and clearly so that's part of the writing um I'm, and I'm also, I've been writing, you know, about my son um, and who he is as a child on the spectrum. And, you know, the, the biggest thing is just wanting, wanting my children and wanting other children to feel like exactly as they are, they are loved and celebrated and seen. So. Great. Yeah. Did you team up with Indigo Arts Alliance to help promote any uh, releases of your works? Yeah, so the first year, um, you know, there was the beautiful Blackbird Book Festival 
the first year of that festival was the first year of my book, so it kind of coincided beautifully. I was able to be a part of the festival, but I also did my release party at Indigo Arts, and that was really, that meant a lot to me. Daniel Minter probably doesn't remember this, but the first time I met him, he told me that he was a children's book illustrator. That's one of the things that he that he did, and I told him, I, I, well, I want to write children's books, and he just said to me, you better get started, and that moment was really definitive for me, and he, like I said, he probably doesn't remember it, but it was just really, it meant a lot to me to be able to be in that space that Daniel and Marcia created, and to, um, to launch my book like that. It's pretty powerful. You better get started. Yeah. <laughs> Very poetic, short and sweet, right to the point. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Yeah. And you did just that. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So for aspiring writers, how do you go about getting a publisher? Yeah. Um, I... My, the first publisher that I found actually um, is not the first the first publisher to publish me, but it's the publisher who's publishing my second book. And I heard of them through other people, other Black folks who are in writing and publishing. So, you know, Daniel Minter was one of them who had who had mentioned Lee and Lowe. Um, and Louisa Irele also had mentioned them. And so they were kind of on my radar and then honestly they had they have like a yearly um what do you call it it's a it's a contest it's a manuscript contest where you're able to submit manuscripts and then you have someone look at them and my second book was actually um you know a a semi-finalist and that's how they that's how they saw my book and that's how it started to get developed so really it was just word of mouth knowing other people and hearing them say this is a good uh, publisher for people of color um that's what sort of took my focus and took my direction there and you know there's also main writers and publishers alliance which i um, work as an office organizer for them they also have um opportunities for you to sort of um just network with other writers and publishers and things like that and so my second my second publisher to actually be interested in me who ended up being my the first people to publish a book because they just moved so quickly um, was Tilbury House and I met them through um, like a workshop at Maine Writers and Publishers Alliance and so you know it's a lot of it is just networking with people getting to know where other people are getting published. Sometimes locally, you can find someone who um, is, is looking for local writers. And and then the other thing is really just finding someone who wants to publish what you're writing. And so both, you know, both of the publishers that I've worked with so far, they are looking for um, own voices. They, they want to know, um, they want to have stories from people of color and from other marginalized communities they want 
they want they want to share our stories that we're telling about ourselves and our families. Um, so, yeah, I think knowing just doing some research on on who's publishing the type of work that you're interested in writing is is really helpful. Right, and it also sounds like networking is helpful yes. too. Yes, definitely. Just the more you can network, the more you can benefit from other people's experiences and people can tell you, don't go to this publisher. They're not interested in our stories or, you know, um, it just, it will help you hone your, um, your attention and your time. So. Um, so I'm so glad that you're going to be putting a collection of your poems together. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be excited and looking forward to seeing that and flipping pages or reading digitally however you might enjoy that um do you have any events that you'll be attending like any book signings or yeah so there are some events coming up uh later this summer and in the fall i don't have things nailed down um directly but you know i always share as events are coming up i share them on my facebook page um and i Honestly, I'm really bad at Twitter. I don't understand it. I, I struggle even with, like, I'm, I'm just getting the hang of Instagram right now. I will never do TikTok. I will never do it. But anyway, <laughs> you can find stuff on my Facebook page um, as events come up. There will be some things this summer. Awesome. Um, is there anything you'd like to share about um, your work or your inspirations or just living in Maine? I think, you know, I think one of the best things about living in Maine, there's a lot of, um, there can be a lot of struggles, but I think one of the best things is just the access to nature and watching my children grow up with that, watching them be able to play in the backyard with the trees swinging above them, watching them at the ocean know on the beach or scrambling over rocks and just sort of being completely themselves in nature has been really inspiring for me and I think really healing for me and I think that's become a huge part of my work too is just sharing sharing those moments um because that's that's what keeps I think a lot of us here is just that the healing in nature the healing in the community that we find among each other um and those are the beautiful things that that kind of tie us together and keep the work flowing oh that was so beautiful samara thank you so much for joining us on in the pocket we really appreciate having uh gifted black folk or gifted people of color and i'm so honored to have been in your presence uh, even though it's through zoom uh please (laughs) um how can people reach you what's the plug yeah yeah um so i have a website samaracoldboyon.com um and you know there's a lot of information there about buying books and so on and so forth um there's also again my my facebook page if you just search samara coldoyon it's a public page and I keep a lot of information there about um, what's happening with me, what's happening with other people that I know, especially black um, poets and writers and things that they're doing. I like to share those things too, because it's really exciting and inspires me. 
Um, so yeah, the, I think those are the best places you can, you know, <laughs> you can look for me on um, Instagram or Twitter, um, Heartroot Fire, but honestly, Facebook is where is my comfort zone. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. A thank you to our sponsors, the For Us Buy Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. If you like what you've heard and want to hear it again, or want to check out our archive of past shows, Look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show.